Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino here with Your Natural Dog and my guest today, of course, is one of my favorites. I've got to have her on all the time because I can't get enough of her, Dr. Ruth Roberts. And today we're going to talk about how the endocannabinoid system is now being called the endocannabinoid ohm because it's now incorporating the gut microbiome to this incredible system that interacts with cannabis. So we're going to be talking all about that today. So stay tuned. Hey, Ruth, how are you? Hey, Angela, I am fantastic. How are you doing? What you got going on? Good, and you're joining us today from Germany, right? Exactly. Yes, just outside of Munich. On a gorgeous horse Very nice. Yes. Oh, how neat. I love it. And I, and then if you guys think you hear or see a bird flying around, she has a bird inside the house flying around that's um, visiting her. So you're not crazy if you hear it. But today we're talking about the endocannabinoid ohm, which those of you who haven't heard, they're now not calling it the endocannabinoid system anymore. This wonderful system that we all animals have that is responsible for keeping us at homeostasis. They have now expanded the system to include the gut microbiome. And I am so excited about this because it makes complete sense to me that it is part of it. And now everybody is is learning how important the gut microbiome is. So it's like perfect timing to go, oh, you know about the gut microbiome? That's part of the endocannabinoid system and it's a very important role. I wanted to bring you on so because you are in my opinion, one of our experts that, you know, uh, on all things gut microbiome and how important it is. Just for those that aren't familiar with the gut microbiome, why is this, the gut, so important? Because, I mean, essentially it's our operating system. And the thing, part of what's so interesting is that the majority of cells in our bodies are there. Even more interesting is it's not us, it's others. It's bacteria, viruses, bacteriophage, and all sorts of other little critters that work together when things are working well, when we are in a eubiotic or good biotic situation to create harmony, homeostasis, create happy, happy neurotransmitters, create a optimally functioning neuroimmune system. I mean, that's one of the astonishing facts. It creates over 90% of our neurotransmitters. And so, yes, when you get that gut feeling, your bugs are telling you, yeah, go with this. It's not even reaching your brain in many situations. And it creates 70 to 75% of our immune system molecules that help either keep things in harmony and regulation or create a more pro-inflammatory, very uncomfortable situation. So it is the world. So that's something happens. Right. It is the world. 
and why food is so important. Yes, because that's it. We can take all the supplements in the world, but if you're eating Doritos and you're feeding your dog Doritos, as my wife Mary Jo likes to say, you're not going to have a healthy microbiome. So feeding the right diet and getting the diet right is really important. And I think it's one of the hardest things to do because we have so much working against us. It's, you think it'd be easy just to go find, you know, real whole foods, but it's not. And it's, it is something. But what is cool is how, you know, if our gut microbiome is off, that what part the endocannabinoid system plays in it and how, you know, if it is off and we're not producing our endocannabinoids like we should, that we literally can take a full spectrum hemp extract and help the gut microbiome do its job. And I know we've gone over pieces of research. There's so much research. So if anybody is a research geek and wants to look more into it, literally all you have to write, type in is endocannabinoid ohm and research, and you're going to see it all pop up. But some of the things that we're getting to see is how beneficial it is and how it helps set that gut straight, how it helps it heal, how it everything from slowing the digestion down so that we can absorb more nutrients. What are some of the most fascinating things? Because what I, why I love bringing you on is that this is new. We're learning, you know, together what it right does and it, and it makes sense. So what are some of the most fascinating things that you were like, yeah, totally makes sense? Well, so when we think about giving a supplement, we think, oh, it's going to interact with our cells on the CB1 or CB2 receptors in the case of full-spectrum hemp oil. But in this situation, full-spectrum hemp oil is actually interacting with the organisms in our microbiome. And so there are complex relationships that we're just beginning to scratch the surface on. But it's just, I mean, it is absolutely insane. We're not just trying to treat ourselves and to bring ourselves back into homeostasis, but the trillions and trillions and trillions of organisms that live in our guts. If we can help them come back into homeostasis, get the guys that create the dysbiosis, the symptoms that we experience with chronic disease back under control, then we can start to heal ourselves, the intestinal cells. But until we're supporting the microbiome, we're going to make very little progress in actually healing our own cells. Yeah, I think it's... um fascinating with, we were just looking at this one and how, you know, these little microbiota, how they work and what they do and that they need to be fed and taken care of just like everybody else does. What do you think that the biggest contribution is, is that people aren't eating real food and they're not being fed and so they're dying off and so bad guys take over and the good guys, we have to bring them back? Well, yes, it's all of that. And when we're eating frankenfoods, like if we're eating Doritos, uh, or for instance, oh gosh, about 10 years ago, for whatever reason, the powers that be decided that trailose would be an outstanding additive to ground beef for the fast food industry. And so it would make what the hamburger, that? it's a really bizarre engineered sugar, right? 
Well, what ended up happening was it was preferentially feeding Clostridium difficile, which is one of the most excruciating and miserable bacterial infections you can ever experience in your life. Oh, and there was no. a massive epidemic of C. diff in people. And then I was seeing it in my patients as an overflow because they're eating the same garbage that you would you would get at McDonald's. So this is the difficulty is that the food industry is, whether it's for people or for pets, they're out there experimenting with little bits and pieces of, mm, what can we make them, what can we add to these things to make people and pets stay hooked, literally addicted to these foods. It's like Lay's potato chips, you can't eat just one, they are, that is by design. There is something like 13 plus flavoring agents on every Lay's potato chip, and it's geared to keep you addicted. Same thing with cat food. I mean, they're spraying stuff on cat food to keep cats addicted to dry food. Wow. And they don't know what these things have they're causing inside her body. They don't care. It's not like they've even taken the time to make sure that it's okay. No. Yeah, it is very, it's terrible. So you've, you've got a dog that is in dysbiosis. Did I say it right? You got I'm it. saying it right. You got <laughs> right. it. Which means things are way out of whack. If it is, like we talked about the balance, the wonderful little yin and yang we saw here on this one piece of research we were reading. So there's a balance, meaning that bad bacteria is always in there and you just want to make sure it's balanced with the good? Exactly. I mean, that's the whole thing. On your skin are organisms that could just flat kill you dead if they were in charge. But because things are staying in balance, they don't, they don't get that opportunity. It's the same thing in the gut. We have invaders always present. And one thing to remember about the gut is that even though the intestines are inside the body, it is the, our exposure to the outside. So what we drink, what we eat, what we breathe, that all is in the gut. And so that's why these probiotic organisms, the pro-life, so biotic means life, probiotic, eubiotic, good life, dysbiotic, bad life. And literally, those two terms refer to the types of organisms that are in charge. But if we, if we keep everything in harmony, or at least enough under wraps, we don't get sick from the invaders that are always with us. Wow. And when we are getting, feeding these foods, we're feeding the wrong ones, so the wrong ones take over. That's exactly it. So we know that highly processed foods, particularly Doritos, because uh, and or beneful, it's, which is pretty close, just a little less flavoring on the beneful. Yep, probably even made by the same company. <laughs> yeah, scarily so. <laughs> but but at any rate, I mean, this highly processed corn is known to create dysbiosis by creating inflammatory molecules within the gut, preferentially feeding again the organisms that will become dysbiotic, and getting the eubiotic or probiotic organisms knocked down because they cannot handle the level of enterotoxins that the bad guys are creating. So literally, the more bad guys, the more types of chemicals they're producing. Toxic, right. Yeah, they're toxic. That attack the good guys as well as our intestinal cells and the other components of, of the gut lining that protects us from the outside. And how do we know our dog is suffering from this? It's, you know, they're not 
is a dog that's, you know, starting to go down the bad, going, going the wrong direction, they're not necessarily going to immediately have diarrhea or signs, or will they? No, you're exactly right. And, and strangely, one of the most common first signs is an ear infection that keeps coming back or anal glands that keep filling back up. You know, after they've been expressed two weeks later, boom, they're there again. The dog's irritated. They keep licking at their paws. So a lot of it is skin related. And that is because... Because because we have a microbiome on our skin. (laughs) Well, and skin is epithelial cells. Intestinal cells are epithelial cells too. So in the gut, as the bad guys start attacking the intestinal epithelial cells... The immune system sounds the alarm and it's like, oh, get in there and kill all the bad guys and kill all these things that create these types of proteins. Well, guess what? When that happens in your skin and uh, the dog starts to get a little itchy, the immune system ramps up and also begins attacking the skin more frequently. Which is why I love a full spectrum hemp extract so much, because whatever the immune system is doing, it's going to modulate it. So if it needs to settle it down, it'll do that if it needs to ramp it up. So what is happening when we've got a, a, an animal that is kind of going the wrong direction and we give them a full spectrum hemp extract? What do you think is going on? Why do you think it's helping so much? Well, because, again, you know, we're starting to understand this relationship that we're feeding not only us, but we're feeding them, them. The, the probiotic organisms. And they have a relationship with full-spectrum hemp extract, and as well as many, many, many other foods. And probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic supplements can all help improve the situation. And so maybe we should start thinking about full-spectrum hemp extract as a prebiotic of sorts. And truly, hemp seed is. It is. And so are fungi. Incredible prebiotic. And prebiotics are the food for the probiotics. So so the concept is if you're off and you're going towards dysbiosis, that you can feed the prebiotic and probiotics to build up the good guys. Exactly. To fight that off and cause and create balance or try to create balance. Exactly. And then the other critical thing is you can feed all the prebiotics and probiotics until the cows come home. But if you're still feeding Doritos, you're not going to get there. So it's critical to evaluate what you're feeding your dog and go for a whole real food diet. And when you say a whole food diet, what you mean is what? Because I know that can be, you know, I I just got done doing another podcast on, you know, we, we've all learned what to feed them. But now even that food and where that food comes from, meaning, you know, if you're feeding them factory farmed meats, you're still going to have an issue. So knowing where the food comes from and how it's grown and what what you're giving them also makes a difference. I mean, I, anything's better than kibble. Yes. But still, you know, I want people to understand that you still, even though you get away from kibble, even if you're eating raw food, because you have to understand raw food is a huge trend. So what's happening now Am is I a hearing big, this out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is it, well, because it, it's a trend to yes. companies that want to make billions of dollars off of you. 
So what is happening now is now we have crappy raw food. Yeah. Raw food. So we have food that's not raw. We have contaminated. It's all the it's all the bad stuff we're seeing in kibble is now they're just taking it, not even bothering making it any, making it into a kibble and just making it raw because that's what everybody wants now. That's the trend now. So we'll just do that. So I just want people to understand that can't just run out and get the first raw diet or a gently cooked diet. You still need to check the ingredients and know where that food is coming from because you know you can get the same same, same chemical. Yep. Same crap. Same euthanized, dead, sick animals and some of these raw food brands now, which right. I hate. Well, and my bent for the last 20 years has been is very different, and that is to feed a, a cooked diet and a thoroughly cooked right. diet, which is like an anathema to, to many, many folks. But And why do you love the cooked diet? Because it's pre-digested and because the majority of my patients were already sick. When they got there, they were already dysbiotic or had leaky gut syndrome. The last thing they needed was something that was difficult to digest. And with the diet, you, the pet parent, has absolute and complete control over every every ingredient in there. You can use a lot of vegetables that are, again, well-cooked. They're going to become extremely amazing prebiotics because of the fibers that are present. And for for those of us that can't afford organic foods or carefully sourced foods, we can be cautious about what we're doing with the meat. So let's say, okay, top round is something you can afford. That's a very lean cut. That's going to take the majority of the bad chemicals that would be in a very fatty cut like a chuck roast just completely out of the picture. So I love that. You can be very selective within your budget and make an amazing diet for your pet. And it and it'll be for their pet too, right? Meaning every pet is an individual, so figuring that exactly. out. Exactly. And this is something that they can maybe not do it with you, but they could do it with one of your pet health coaches, right? Exactly. And that's that's what exactly what they're trained to do is to use a very simple at-home test to look at food sensitivities and then help you develop a diet specifically for your pet and one that you can do what we would call a rotation and elimination diet so that the immune system stops responding to what your dog or your cat is eating every day. They would eat a different batch of food every 24 hours. The immune system is like starting to chill out after a week, which is just an amazing gift. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. I love how uh, quickly it can bounce back and, you know, get back to normal, but you're right. And everybody thinks that we're supposed to be feeding the same thing over and over again, and instead we should be rotating proteins and veggies and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, it's just I, I, 
more propaganda. Yep. So uh, on the raw food, it's interesting. I just interviewed somebody for my podcast, which is basically a farm to bowl concept, you know, where they're taking and going straight to bowl, which I love. Cooking, one of the things that he did is with his beef is that he lets it dry and ferment for two weeks. And the reason that he does that is, again, it's so that it helps it ferment and break down and become more bioavailable once the the dog eats it. I thought that was really cool. Fermentation is so cool. And that's literally what like cooking is doing, right? Is helping break down and make those proteins and vegetables more bioavailable. I know it really helps with the vegetables. Right, exactly. And that's kind of the idea. And especially with slow cooking, it was interesting. I I know that uh, Rodney Habib and Karen Becker had Dr. Thomas, I think it was on, and he was talking Uh about slow cooking was the very best method because the amount of advanced glycosylation end products or AGEs, which are the things that truly age you, is minimal in that cooking method. But so that's the idea behind fermentation. Because you're not exposing it to really high heat. Exactly. And you're not denaturing the proteins to the point where they're creating these icky end products. Yeah. So you must have heard that and been like. Uh, I told (laughs) you. I told you. Those of you who don't know, Dr. Ruth Roberts developed the original Croc Pet Diet, a food recipe for pets. Long, long, long ago, long before anybody was even talking about this. So I think it's amazing. And I love how you incorporate the vegetables. I also love how I talked to one of your pet health coaches not too long ago, and she had a client that couldn't eat meat at all. So you developed a vegetarian diet for this poor dog that after the elimination, you realized it couldn't handle. What's going on with that? It's, I mean, it's crazy because on this, on the test, this dog reacted to every protein source and the company we use, there's something like, I would guess 25 or 30 different protein sources. So it's very extensive. And I think the only thing that was something really esoteric like emu, which is just not available commercially. So it's not a great long-term solution, although there's evidence that uh, dogs can be vegan but you I do I don't like it yes, long term. Yes, they can. I don't like <laughs> it long term because I've seen a lot of liver enzyme stuff, but I think that's there's another issue there. But at any rate, this is what we could do to get this dog's gut to calm down and then we can start to introduce other options in later once the dog has had a chance to heal and then we'll see if they if the dog can tolerate other proteins, animal proteins. Talk about a little bit about that elimination diet. And also, I love the power of fasting and how fasting can could be a simple reset if you can you could do it. Amen. And and so I think one of the first pieces of research that came out of the dog aging product project was that dogs that ate once a day lived longer than dogs that ate three times a day, twice a day, whatever. And the the importance of fasting is this. If the gut never rests, and I mean, we, we like to give treats to our dogs for going outside to go pee or for looking at right. us really cute. Every time I just we like do, them so much. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> I just love that. So but the know. problem is, is that every time you give something to your dog, 
it does a couple of things. One is it shuts off the migrating motor complex. And the MMC is what drives food from the small intestine into the colon. So it can rest and clean out and get the garbage out of there. So if we never allow that to stop, uh, to just chill and do its job and let clean things out, then we have the buildup of bacteria that can become way too high in counts in the small intestine and dysbiotic because we're constantly feeding, you know, highly processed treats in general. The second is by giving your dog a fasting window of 18 hours, 20 hours, and this is like making people's toes curl right now. I can feel it because we've been trained on the need to eat all the time. Right, right. But by doing that, what happens is the body can do things like let the sick cells die, which is called autophagy. We can allow the DNA to start to recode for normal proteins instead of the really kind of whacked out ones that it's been making with because of the immune response to everything that the dog is eating. I mean, there's a huge number of health benefits. So that's, I mean, this is nothing to, to be laughed at for sure. So it is. And I do feel like the majority of pet owners don't even know like how many times I got people telling me Jolene looks so thin and Nina looks so thin. And I'm like, <laughs> if you could see what they ate, but thin was healthy. You know, I knew what's to them thin is what, what healthy weight was versus exactly. where they think you're not supposed to see, you know, it go in, you're not supposed to see ribs. And I'm like, if you got a farm dog that's running around all day long and eating once a day, this is what it looks like. I did a lot of fasting with Nina, knowing you know that it was beneficial. I only feed my dogs in the mornings and give them a treat at night. And that's about it because <laughs> it is so beneficial and a great way to reset. And if you do have a dog that's suffering from sort of gut issue or cancer, you are have stopped feeding whatever that is. And you're allowing the body to clean out, heal, detoxify, all of those good things. So the the little that I knew, I knew that how much it was helping. But yeah, when I tell people, well, I should fast them like on a Sunday. What? And it is hard because they're looking at you going, they're like, what's my food? Come on, man. What the (laughs) hell? It's yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I do. I remember Rodney brought up a piece of research even showing the best time to feed your dog, which was eight o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember. I just remembered the one piece of research and now I feed them first thing in the morning and and that's about it. Interesting. And it's good and it works. And I think it's great. But feeding is probably, I think, the most difficult thing. I don't cook for my dogs. I'll get to it one day when I don't have when I don't have the luxury of getting the best brands at wholesale. <laughs> when I don't have my store, I'll be forced. Yeah. And exactly. I'm scared. I'm telling you, I'm scared. I am going to do the crock pot. I've already done it with you and loved it. And everybody loves to eat it. And it's simple. But honestly, finding, uh, you know, so, you, you know, where to source what I'm going to cook them. And, and this is the even, deal is uh, that. You know, there's all this stuff that's organic, that's, you know, farm-raised, all of that. Use the environmental working groups, clean 15, dirty dozen. Yep. Avoid the dirty dozen. Yeah. You feed the clean 15 if you're in an area like, I mean, 
when we were traveling out in the middle of New Mexico and the grocery store was 200 miles away, you got what you got. And this is the reality that most people face in rural America. You just got what you got coming into the store. So get, you know, get the clean 15, get some of that vegetable wash that will take off as much of the chemicals as is possible. Uh, So do that before you go to prepare the diet, get the super lean cuts of protein, because most of the garbage is in the fat. And you're going to be still far, far, far ahead of the game compared to any other commercial food that you could purchase out there. Yeah, it's hard. And a lot of times the best brands you can't like here in Florida, we can't even I can't even get them at my shop. So I literally have to call them the best brands and have it order it right from them to have it delivered. So, you know, it's you got to understand that all of those things are very expensive and hard to do. So if you've got you know, like the guy that I just interviewed who's doing a farm to bowl situation. Right on. You know, that's, he's not going to be available in every <laughs> every pet store across the nation because it's such a small operation and that he is paying attention to everything that's going out of his farm, which that's what I want to feed my dogs. That's what I want to feed myself. And it right seems on. so hard. It is and, hard. And I feel like everybody has a food now. You know, everybody's got a freeze-dried or a dehydrated or a raw, you know, that's not really, you know, good stuff. And also the impact of, you know, what it's doing to our environment, you know, what factory farming is doing to our environment and how, you know, these animals are not being treated humanely and raised right and being, you know, treated like objects. So it that is important. You want to know where your food comes from and do your best um, I feel like I could do, uh, I'm not going to lie. I just interviewed Margot, Dr. Margot Roman, and it was such an incredible <laughs> interview. And she feeds her dogs that are famous for providing fecal transplants all over the country and probably Canada all over also. The world. Yeah. And she feeds her dogs like 3% meat organ from venison that they catch and everything else is completely what she grows, you know, there on her land and feeds and has control over. So it's completely organic. Same thing. We heard about the oldest living dog, Bobby, who lived to 31 in Portugal. And it's the same thing. Dog was eating what was right around him, whatever was growing in the garden, scraps he found on the farm and his family, whatever they were cooking for themselves, they also cooked for him. So I feel like it's easier for Bobie than it is for us. <laughs> well, it's easier in that culture because that is the culture. Right. I mean, these are, again, these are relatively, in Portugal, it's a relatively poor country to the U.S. And so they had to rely upon themselves to feed themselves. And that includes having a garden every year. You know, the small farmer, that's where you go and get your groceries. And in February, you are not eating peppers. You are not eating tomatoes because they are not growing then. So I think that's a lot of what has happened with the U.S. I mean, we're having vegetables shipped from Ecuador, Mexico, all sorts of, you know, Latin American countries, which is it's like, wow, this is amazing when it started happening. But we have no idea what season is. We have no idea what should be growing in our location at that time. 
And to be honest, too, it gets boring. So like in Germany, where I am currently in the winter, you will be eating a lot of cabbage and sauerkraut and potatoes. And But you know, you're going to be so healthy. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the deal is that that's what's growing locally. And then small amounts of meat. And that's kind of the other thing that was so interesting. Bobby, the oldest dog, he wasn't eating a ton of meat, was he? No. And then I looked up the fourth longest living dog who lived to 27. Same person had like, they were all Australian shepherds and one was like 20. The next one was 19 and they were completely vegetarian. Mm -hmm. So hmm. 27 years old, Australian shepherd working dog and never uh, only ate vegetarian. So I like to keep that in mind because I do feel like real food is real food. And I, you know, I think that dogs are omnivores and I know that people are, they're going to argue that they're carnivores, but I believe that they have evolved just like every other animal has, including us. And that, you know, I loved talking to Margo about, you know, what happens if you take a dog that's eating no meat and you give them a, a, a give that fecal transplant to a dog that's eating all raw, what's going to happen? Like that dog is probably going to be fine with its next meal being (laughs) less because you've put in the gut microbiome of that other dog. But here's the issue is that unless that dog that's eating raw starts to eat vegetables, all those bugs are going to die off because there's nothing to feed them. Make sense? So this is, yeah, so this is the difficulty and and that's kind of the thing. I mean, we've got this stuff going on in the U S that, and I, I did this, you know, I was into bodybuilding. So I'm eating just tons of protein all the time. There's never in history been that much meat available commercially to the general public. Now, you know, so if you think about Lewis and Clark, those guys were eating nine pounds of meat a day just because, I mean, they were just doing incredibly strenuous things and that's all that was available to them. But that was never a normal diet. And as you just said, dogs evolved with us. Yes, they're a subset of wolves and that kind of keeps going back and forth. Although I think we're down to, yep, they split off from wolves about 30 to 40,000 years ago. Well, We've been around 50,000 years, Homo sapiens. Neanderthals were cooking by the time we showed up. So dogs evolved with us. They started eating, sadly, our poop first and our garbage and then our leftovers and then finally what we fed them. And what we've been feeding them since the 50s is an absolute aberration from anybody's normal. That was beautiful. That just needs to be a little clip right there. Well, we're (laughs) out of time. And I enjoyed our conversation. I This is like literally everybody listening. Every time Ruth and I get together, this is it ends up being an hour, two-hour conversation. We just start talking, talking. I'm like, we really need to put this on the podcast or on a live. So I hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation through the gut microbiome and understanding that uh, full-spectrum hemp extract will absolutely help any dog who's having gut issues, and so will mushroom extracts. They are an incredible prebiotic and feel that gut. A piece of research showed that it stays in the gut lining for 13 days. So it feeds your probiotics for 13 days straight, keeps them happy. So that means every 13 days, 
feed some mushrooms, eat some mushrooms, and you're probably going to do your gut a lot of good. Actually beat the curve. And so somewhere in that 13 days, there starts to be a drop. So maybe probably weekly would be a better bet. Same thing with probiotic dosing. Once you're there, every seven days keeps everybody happy. Awesome. Thank you for the tip. And thank you for sharing your knowledge as always. With pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.